Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide and on the phone today because we're kind of getting into comp season, right? New year, new stuff. Just got back from SHOT Show. So it's like, well, where are you going with competitions for 2023? I brought one of the Wyco guys on. I have Sam Carlson on the phone and he runs... The Laramie ones, right? Is that make sure I get it right now? You're you're the or no, you're the Cheyenne guy. We just went over this. You're the Cheyenne Precision Rifle Hoedown. And uh so but there's there's uh the North Colorado at Pawnee, you got Pikes Peak Precision, we have Laramie, Cheyenne, and then the Great Divide Bullet Beatdown. I mean, Colorado's Wyoming, Nebraska, our little crew's got a lot of matches. Welcome to the program, Sam. Hey, thank, uh, thanks, Frank. Thanks for having me. Um, I appreciate you taking me on the podcast to kind of talk about our series here. A um, little background about myself. Um, you know, I was in the Army for quite a while. I was a tanker on the Abrams and then got out, couldn't really find any direction. Then I really got on to this actually from watching a bunch of YouTube and stuff, info you had on um, the sniper side forum. And now it's made me dive into a deep, deep rabbit hole. And now I'm here putting on massive matches, kind of living the dream. <laughs> right, right. You're, yeah, you're one of the guys up here. I mean, I've said this several times over over the podcast and things like that when people talk to me. I mean, it, Precision Rifle kind of fragmented a bit. You had sort of PRS, NRL, they fight. Nobody likes what's going on. You got a little bit of dramas. Well, then these smaller regional series start creeping up. And in my mind, what you guys are doing with the uh, Wyoming, Colorado Precision Rifle League out here, I mean, it's just been fantastic. Everybody crows about every single match. But on top of that, I know through the stuff I'm doing with Chris Way, your scoring system gives a lot of people data and maintains it. And it's not just, I did this and did that. It's pretty deep how far you guys go with providing the shooters around this area tools to either get better, track themselves. I mean, whatever the case may be, you guys have it going on. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Schwinn and Luke, they're the, basically the founders of the Wyco PRL. And uh, Jesse is very data driven as well as, I mean, anyone that does this, we all want to get better in some way, shape or form. So the way he's done that is he created software that basically takes our practice score scores and puts them on that website. So everyone can see how they, how they squared up to everyone on every stage. So, you know, people could be like, well, the person that won, I beat him on this and this stage. And then I dropped, you know, I got a five on this one and it makes you kind of, you can kind of, kind of go through and see where you made errors. You know, if you're taking notes for yourself, you can get the most data out of our matches by doing that. If you're taking notes, um, another one is when on the sign up for uh, practice score, I'm starting to add a couple more things like uh, caliber. I don't, you know, I'm not a big deal on I don't care what it's not for my info. It's for you. So that way you can go back, look at the match and be like, Oh, I shot my six dasher. And then this time I shot my six, five. And these are how my scores, you know, right. pertain to each other. I need to work on obviously driving the rifle more. Hence my score is better with the dasher or et cetera. No, absolutely. And that was one of the things like when I first started messing around with, uh, with way over there, he was like, you know, kind of pulling from the Wyco group to, to test the, the rifle craft stuff specifically because he knew he can track the individual shooter. And even if they didn't maintain a connection to the course, he can still look himself and to see where that person is going and what's happening because that data is all there. Yeah, exactly. There's actually uh, someone I know that he's coaching and to see how far he's come is like insane. Like he's a force to be reckoned with. Like um, the whole coaching thing that Chris has going on has uh, got me super intrigued. I'm all about training. So I've done like the Max Ordnate class. I've done the modern day sniper. Um, 
I plan on doing one of Chris's. I'd like to go down to Oklahoma, do a JTAC class. I love getting a variety from a variety of different instructors. I think I learned something from every single one of them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you were saying that to me at SHOT Show when you ran into me. You're like, man, what are you and Chris doing with those guys down there? I mean, just setting up the range and giving people the direction to practice and being that coach and saying, oh, look, you're doing that. I mean, and it's two sides to it. I mean, he's looking at a certain element of his side of things. I'm looking at an element on the fundamental side. We try to put those two together and improve the shooters. But the big key is, I mean, part of the deal out here and out west and why I like it so much, the space, the terrain, and the wind. I mean, the conditions will really, you know, put you in a twist uh, you know, you may wake up one day and it's great here and you drive up to wherever Pawnee or something two hours away almost. And it's way different. It's like, whoa, I left oh, the house totally. and it looked fine. And I'm out here and I got 23 mile an hour winds going on. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, that that's something I really like about our series, too, is a lot of these ranges have they face different directions. So at my match at, in Cheyenne, you know, the wind is always coming from like northwest and pans all the way to full value from the west to southwest we're shooting up north just for those that have never been there and you know you know laramie you're shooting directly to the east um pawnee i think you're shooting to the east as well and pans yeah north um, to northeast it's east to northeast for uh pawnee so kind of where the kd is is almost pointing a bit north and then as you rotate around it points east um rollins is like that and then you got pike's peak where you're shooting to the west so every different venue like for me i like to support all our mds like i'm a big fan of all the match directors we got i i couldn't say we gotten couldn't have gotten more lucky with the guys that are running these matches um so we get really good training especially like you said out here west we get crazy wins like uh there was a match about this time last year where it was starting at like 20, 25 mile an hour winds and ended up all the way in like the high thirties and about halfway through the match. And part of me, it was cold too. I'm like, man, I think I want to, I want to cancel it. And then, you know, I take a step back from our, from squad momming and I'm like hearing people getting impacts. <laughs> and, you know, I looked at the scores and there were still some high scores for those wins. And it's just like, man, I, it's just different you know, in this Colorado, Wyoming area for matches. Well, and even like not like to get into that for a second, because it's hard to explain because I kind of butt heads with people back east and I'll point out certain things. But I mean, if you look at everything from what you guys are doing and then right here in the same backyard, we have competition dynamics. And Mm -hmm. so their stuff kind of runs. But even though they're nomadic, you know, but think about your crew the competition dynamics crew as a match directors, they're fantastic because you all play around with each other. You all work together. I know you trade stuff off with each other and, and, and it's, it's a really tight community, but also the shooters in this area are fantastic as well. I mean, it really, really is a good crew of shooters around here that if you want to jump in with both feet, you want to be that guy, you want to get in, go have the beers, go do the thing, you can do it. If you want to come in and kind of use it to learn, and and I don't want to say you're going to be an individual, but you're not there for your score, but you're there to maintain and to go somewhere else and get a score, that works too, and nobody looks at you any different. But then if you're there just to, like I, I go to test stuff all the time. Chris does as well. We bring weird stuff to like the Pawnee match. Uh-huh. And it allows you that freedom where if you want to go in the direction and take it serious, it's all here. You can you can run this series, really make yourself better, work all these conditions, try all these different ranges, and you're going to improve because of the looks you're getting. Well, if you're not that into it and you're dabbling, we have just as much small stuff. I mean, Pawnee's one day is included in all that. I mean, you guys have, I just saw your schedule. Your schedule is insane. So the uh, Pawnee's the first Saturday of the month. Pike's Peak is the second Saturday of the month. Laramie is the third Saturday of the month. 
Cheyenne is the fourth Saturday of the month, and Great Bullet Beatdown, Great Divide, is the third Sunday. It's it's like, and I mean, that doesn't even really get us in the season kicks in to go down south to like Raton because they run stuff and then um, Carson. So we're not even including the southern Colorado stuff. If we wanted to drive almost the same distance from Denver to Pawnee, if you drive that same distance south, there's matches down there as well. Yeah, I have to say, like, I think when I first started doing this at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, I remember it was like I was watching YouTube videos and watching, uh, you know, people like Phil Vallejo on the NRL page when they're doing like more of the PRS style matches. I'm like, man, this looks so much fun. Like looking at all the venues, it's all like 10 plus hours away. And then there was a couple there was Pawnee at the time but i didn't have any info on it i didn't have facebook at the time and then there's just no matches They're like i would look forward to the Pawnee match that was the only one i knew of and it would come once a month so i'd be like kind of gritting my teeth because i like want to go out and shoot and now you know you fast forward a couple of years later and uh you, you there's a match every weekend so everyone that has weird schedules like whether they you know, as you, you've already met tons of people in this industry, all have, you know, we're, we're the nerds of the shooting world. Is yeah. what I like to tell people that don't know. So a lot of like engineers, a lot of uh, physical therapists, a lot of body, like all kinds of uh, different professions. So, you know, if some people have a different schedule and they can't make the first or third Saturday match, well, they have the second and fourth. So there's always a match. Um, and we thought that it was going to cause the numbers to drop, like, oh, we're going to get fewer, but it's just kind of been growing. Like, uh, I, I don't have the exact numbers, but I probably averaged probably like 45, uh, just for my match a month. Um, Pikes Peak sells out every month. They're just in a prime location to where, you know, they can get 50 to 70 guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Laramie's had some huge numbers. Um, Pawnee as well. Um, Rollins is really starting to kick off, I think, because that's going to bring like uh, what Pete Knipe has there up in the north. So mm-hmm. it's the bullet uh, beatdown. Um, it's bringing those WPR shooters in. So, you know, it's kind of bringing shooters from all over, um, you know, to be able to get some good matches in. No, you guys definitely have it going. And, and it, like I said, everybody just tends to work together. So, it, it, like, as match directors, you know what I mean? So, it, you don't see any of the... Nobody's trying to own the fiefdom. No, everyone uh, everyone gets along pretty well. Um, you know, I know that kind of, like, there's uh, the high planes precision matches that kind of go on. Um, so, I've kind of... I want to work with them, too, because they don't want to step on anyone's toes. So, I've offered to... You know, hey, I won't do this month and this month, so that way you can do the Night Force, or uh, sorry, the KRG Extreme ELR, and then the Barment Town Classic, which is like a, you know, once a year, really, really fun event. Um, and it's not stepping on anyone's toes. So, like, hey, I just offered, like, hey, man, I won't host mine, so that way you can do yours. And, you know, everyone works out, like, works together really, really well. Nice, nice. Now, like, just from, like, sitting back last year, watching what was going on, where do you see like the shooters coming up the direction and where do you see start off with like, don't go with the the rock stars. We know like uh, uh, those good guys will go out there, but when you see a guy that might only have two or three matches under his belt and they're coming up to shoot your match, what do you see that they're looking for to either give them some help or where they struggle? What's the area that a newer guy has to focus on out West that might be different back East where they basically point you in a straight line at your target. Um, well, just for my match, for example, um, when I took it over, you know, I just, we shot at the, the berms, there'd be very few targets, you know, you'd be shooting basically like the same direction of fire to the direction of wind to now I have it completely spread out to where, um, targets are spread out on this huge valley. So on each stage, you'll be shooting one hill. 
and it'll be you'll be shoot, shooting towards the northwest where the wind's coming and it'll be straight up to where you have to shoot the east hill and it's going to be like a full value 10 15 mile an hour wind whatever it is um and i make it a little hard um it's basically like you know the rolling plains of cheyenne right uh, the multiple like looks so you're basically giving people multiple wind looks on a single stage so you know yep. if I, i'm not shooting down this lane where those three to five whatever number of targets you have i'm not shooting down this lane and it's just going to be the variation in distance for my wind call. But instead, not only are you varying distance, you're varying direction. So like you're saying, you have like a next to no value wind over here north. And then as you're rotating towards the east, your wind value is increasing at, at, to, to the target. So now you're dealing with the value increase and potentially the range in the speed increase. So that's where I think like Chris's focus on the wind to the degree we do is helping some of these guys because wind is everything for your match. Oh, totally. It totally is. Um, and that's where I feel like people get the most out of it. Um, when it's, when we start off the beginning of the year, um, I like to progress the difficulty of the match. Um, in the beginning of the year for the new shooters specifically, um, cause like it kind of bit me a little bit towards the end of the year. Like we had the finale, I had a ton of guys, um, but a ton of new guys too. And I'd like made the stages, you know, lots of targets, lots of moving. So when we get to the beginning of the season, I dial it back. I'll do one target, five, six positions, or, you know, I'll start increasing it. Mm -hmm. as as the year goes on and then also i have this rule that i'll make uh like like for example um this month in february they'll have a very similar course of fire similar obstacles almost stay the same and then by the time march hits it's going to be completely regutted completely different targets different obstacles and it's going to keep changing so that way that way for the training aspect of it people come shoot their match in January and they're like, well, you know, I was really, really close here. I didn't do well on these stages and I really want to work on them. Well, I'm going to do the same course of fire next month. That way, if right. you write it down, what you need to work on, well, you're going to be able to, you know, but then change it up. No, I mean, this is genius when you think about it for the, cause I, it, I really think there's been a problem with some of the match directors. And now, don't get me wrong. When you get back east a little bit, these guys are trying to wedge a match into, into a square range. And their lanes are tight. They have no movement. They, their fans are, are narrow. All these things that are going on. But it's repetitive. It's doing the yep. same thing, doing the same thing, because it's easy for them. They throw the target up. They do that, the lane. Here's your lane, go. Here's your lane, go. And it's, you know, game changer on a piece of wood, game changer on a piece of steel, game changer on a car, game changer on a tractor, you know, that kind of stuff. But out here, it, it because you guys are utilizing the terrain that way, you have movement included, you have the distance, and then you have the increase in the fans. But... You're mixing it up by allowing people to, to kind of get a little bit of learning and in the beginning, get your feet under you, and which is the benefit of working your series from the beginning. And, and then as you go, you know the guys are either going to fall out or get better. Right. So a yeah, certain amount, exactly. right. Or they're either going to either people are not going to be coming back because life gets in the way or they don't like it or whatever the reasoning or the clicks get tighter. They start to kind of see what you're doing and they're going to increase and get better. They're talking to each other. They're practicing through the season. They're getting better. So now you change the course of fire up, make it a little bit harder for everybody. So it's a win-win all the way across the board that you're, you're working both ends by being creative. You're working both ends by using the tools you have available, which is terrain. And you're not trying to be... Well, if we always put it over there, it's easy. You know, we can always put the plate right there and just put a T-post in. We'll hang the plate. And every time I show up, I have that T-post and I can hang a plate. And you guys aren't doing that. No, I go out, pull all those T-posts. Um, 
I use a lot of stuff from Austin Angus, um, which I know you know very well. Um, he's been awesome enough to donate a bunch of steel to us. Target Hanging Solutions, Chris from you know South Dakota has been super helpful. Um, I didn't mean to throw that plug into, but man, they've helped me out so much. No, absolutely. This, yeah, yeah. The steel that I need. Um, but yeah, I go and pull all the T-posts because um, I caught myself a couple times, like just getting rushed, like trying to get off work and like, wow, well, well, I could use that T-post again. And then it, everyone else will love the match and everything, but it just doesn't sit right with me. Like, hey man, you uh, cut a corner there. You use the same T-post like twice in a row and, um, you know, little things, OCD things that get me like that. Like I, I mean, no, that's I'm in this awesome though. enough and want to, yeah, yeah I want to, I want to keep it, you know, changing to challenge people every single time. I never want to get it, make it seem the same. No, and, and it's insane. And, you know, like, I don't want to get too crazy with it, but like one of the things I notice, our rules are pretty minimalistic. We don't have to invent reasons to tell you no. Because we allow the terrain in the conditions to set that tone. Plus, you know, Pawnee's not so bad, but up a little bit more, you guys can walk more if you want. So you can always kind of put a little bit of weight on somebody and say you got to go from here to here and you can't go back as easy. And that changes the gear. That changes how they carry stuff. That changes a lot of those things. And you don't have to say you can't do this, you can't do that. And... It's interesting when I get into these conversations with the people from back east and I tell them that, you know, because they'll argue all these these points. And, and I say, well, wait a minute. At the Sniper's Hide Cup, I don't have any rules. It's find it, range and engage it because I'm going to set the stage up where my rules are built into the layout of the terrain. Yep. Exactly. I, I try doing that myself um, with the rolling hills. Like I'd like to set up a tripod stage to where um, Zach from Competition Dynamics, he does the same thing. Like the target view from where, like wherever his uh, flag marker is to like a couple feet further down, like an edge of a hill or a cliff makes like the target seeable or unseeable. So I like making that to where people think like, oh, I'm just going to put my tripod height here and I'm going to be good for all these positions. No, I'm setting it up because you're going to have to get high enough to see over the grass or see over this hill or see over this berm um, to make people think different. I actually don't, um, you know, there's a lot of match directors that get mad when people find a way out through their wording. Like, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant at yeah, all. Right. Well, in the wording here, I actually hope people do. I want people like, if you find a way through my wording, it's, that's awesome. I want you to, if you have a different way of thinking to make this easier than how I wrote it, but it's not against it, please do it. I mean, the only broken rule that would come in is if you moved off the pin. And if there yeah, really isn't a pin, then there, it really isn't a rule to where you engage the target from. Exactly. Um, you know, I've gotten a little, I, so I personally haven't shot any CD matches. Um, Zach is actually, uh, one of my bosses and we've chatted a little bit about it, how he was explaining this stage to where you're like strafing from right to left. And as you're moving the different part, uh, different target pops up, like from the first position, you can't see target two. As you move to the second position, you can see target two, but you can't see target three. And as you keep moving, it right. opens up your view of those targets. Exactly. I mean, and that's the beauty of the real world, the out here, and it's not contrived. I mean, having you on is perfect because I try to, I don't explain it really well, but, you, you know, just you explaining that that way shows how we're using that terrain in the hills. I mean, you come around a little bit, like you said, if there's a little bit of a rolling hill right there and you have someone move lateral, well, now a, a target is going to appear that didn't show up before. And even exactly. just that little bit of the, oh, there's one there. I mean, you may know it's coming up, but it's just like I'm moving, I'm moving. Oh, there it is. Well, now your heartbeat does some other things. <laughs> and it, it kind of adds an element 
that is missing if I just take three steps forward and then move around the tank trap. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah, and that, exactly like that. No, that's and, and, and that's the beauty of like contrived is the word. You know what I mean? We don't want to see things. People don't put up with contrived out here because it's like, why would you? Why would I have to make something when I have all this terrain? You know, we may not have the trees we want, but we usually have the rocks in the hills and then the grass. That's a lot higher. Um, you know, you go down to the CD area, they get a lot more like trees, stuff, scrubby bush, and it's easy to hide stuff with that. But yeah, we just, we, but we have that, we have the rocks, we have those looks in those outcroppings that come around. So it, it allows us to mix things up without having to overly build something. Oh, exactly. Um, and that's something I'm working more to as a match director, like all of, uh, all the different matches of Waco all have different aspects of shooting. Some are more positional, some are more fieldy, some are more, um, like half and half, like prone or modified prone and positional. Some are, you know, big majority are prone. So, and that's great and all, but I've been, you know, I'm all about progression and wanting to like, just like I've explained with the match, I don't want stuff to get old or repetitive. So, um, after, you know, chatting with Zach and, you know, I just am healing up from a back surgery and stuff. I plan on going to shoot his uh, steel safari or team safari this year. Uh, but trying to come up with an idea to basically make it PRS kind of style match, but also like feel, do some field stages that don't bunch up or cause like, uh, you know, squads to bunch up on each other. Mm -hmm. I, I'm working with trying to figure out the best way. So that way you know, for the most part, everyone that does the NRL hunter matches, they'll come to the local matches, shoot their hunter gun and they're good and good practice on their dope and positions. But I would also like to leave something open for them to where they're going to, you know, I paint a spot like, Hey, targets are here, here, or these are the target shapes and there's no ranges and like try to make something. So everyone stays back. So everyone can have a fair advantage, which right. Yeah, have a staging a area tough. that's off. Have a staging area. Do you, um, I know uh, Pawnee does handgun a little bit, two handgun stages. Uh, do your other ones do them? Um, the bullet beatdown, Chris Davis, he throws one pistol stage in there, but it's, um, the last time I did it, it was, it was super fun. Um, he, he does one. Um, I did one this last year. I just did one match of it. It was an Ipsic at, um, that mall shooter guy, he, there was arguments that blew up the internet about how far he hit an Ipsic. So I set it at that exact range and then people were just send their 10 shots and then they jump on their rifle. Um, Pike speak doesn't do it. Um, Laramie's done it every now and then I'm not doing any pistol at all this year. It's all rifle. Um, for, for me, my OCD, you know, every, the people coming to the match are long range shooters. They're not pistol shooters, which I'm going to take a pistol class. I'm not the best pistol shooter in the world, but it's more of a safety aspect for me. Yeah. Um, people carrying around a loaded pistol in their bag, or even if you tell them, Hey, you know, make sure it's unloaded in your bag and then they got to bring it out. And I just, it's just a nightmare in my brain for like flagging possible accidents. It just is a kind of a no go for me. Got it. Got it. No. And, and I like putting the handgun back and I even like, cause it, it's funny. Then you start playing around with it more. Cause you know, you're going to go to Pawnee and it's like, well, I can't drop any of them points. Cause if I do, I'm an idiot. And, and so you, you know, so it gives you that, that reason just to hit a couple more. And, and I forgot, I was just talking to somebody at shot show who was talking about that. Oh, it was, I think one of the guys who did mammoth John. And he was telling me like their strategy at mammoth was to go over the top on the handguns. And they ended up because I guess handgun and mammoth has a ton of points and most people oh. blow through the handgun. I think it's like 25 points for handgun. And then like people can, um, will come away from a rifle from mammoth with only like five points. So they're like, you would be stupid to lose all those 
and, and, and they said how they did really shitty on one aspect, but they did much better because they invested their time and energy in the handgun portion of it, and they were able to game Mammoth through the handgun part. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times I've lost at Pawnee because I completely sucked on my pistol. You know, you get 10 points and I'll even practice the day before. I just, I, it's a perishable skill. I've gotten trained from, you know, some people that know what they're doing. And then I will get, you know, three or four impacts and I'll beat everyone on rifle, but they got me on pistol. So I end up taking second or third. Yep. Yep. Um, so I do like that aspect of it. Um, I think adding a little bit of pistol is, it's fun for me. And then it kind of gets me away from like, Hey, you're really getting really good on your rifle, but you really suck at your pistol. So you should probably do something about it. And, and that's what happened. My, Cause I, my eyes are messed up with that. And I'm, I'm, I'm left eye dominant and right. You know, I'm ambidextrous hands. So I actually shoot handgun really well with my left hand and I don't have any real bad habits with it. So it, it's, it's one of those things where when I go to my right side, I actually have to practice cause I can't see shit. And the stigmatism in my eye is so bad. Those red dots just are a blur. And it, it, it's one of those things where I actually have to work through them because I have the, you know, the stigmatism and the shitty right eye and then left eye and left hand dominant. But I'm not, like I said, I can write left handed, but I tend to do things mostly right handed. And it, it's just funny that it's, I call, I call my left side, my bar bet side. Cause I could do a lot more with my left if I really want to. It's just, I don't default to it. Although eating, I eat left-handed. Yeah. I have the same problem. I have astigmatism. Um, just something about lining those sights up. I just, it took a long time for someone to actually shoot pistol me what they're doing. Like try this, Yeah. They open this eye, now close this eye and then open this eye and then close this eye. Like, Oh, that's why I, suck really bad well i'm also jerking the trigger too but mm -hmm. yeah i'm a low left guy i'm always i'm low left i push i anticipate i anticipate push into him i don't know why I, and it takes me a minute to get out of it then the next thing i'm like fuck i'm pushing it again but uh yeah it, it happens but no i i mean it it's a cool kind of set now are you guys doing because i know cd and some of their matches they limit their range what's your average range distance are you like 300 to 1200 or where do you fall because i know pawnee is between what is it like 250 um or although there used to be a 189 wasn't there what's wasn't that one between the tree pretty close or something uh, uh they have an off they have an offhand shot now that's like 150 yards that's still a so tree like one a, yeah that's the tree one i thought it was like maybe it's 89 yards no um, it's 150 is it it's, 150 uh, yeah it's like a 12 by 18 inch plate you got to shoot it offhand and then you will shoot a kyl rack at like 300 yards yeah because that isn't um, that the which, one you went up the hill stood on that and there was the v in the tree and the only way to see the target was to offhand it and then you shot through the v of the tree is the one i remember but no now i remember they did put an ipsic out and there was the offhand on stage three yep 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 now yep. i remember but they it used to be over um uh, where there was a tree, you went up that little bitty dirt mound. Cause I remember Alan Samuels came up there with his rifle on his tripod. And we said, Alan, you can't shoot that on the tripod. It's offhand. And he just picked the whole thing up with it connected and shot it. And we all laughed. <laughs> I remember that happening and we all laughed about it, but you're right. They moved it. It's that last part of stage three. There's the offhand shot. And then those double KYL racks up there. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny you say that. Uh, not to get too off topic, but how you said like this is all a community, and I haven't seen one thing between the Wyco matches of like people shunning people, people not being helpful. Like everyone wants to help everyone. Any new shooter versus like when I first started, and it wasn't because no one was helpful when I first like went to Pawnee. It was just I was completely wet behind the ears you know, yeah. not knowing what I was doing, but now like everyone's like, Hey, you want to try this bag? Hey, do you actually want to use my rifle for this stage? Like everyone just wants to help in every capacity possible. And even, um, you know, people that are trying to, to get better, like 
they'll be like, Hey, don't call any misses or, I mean, call impacts of course, but don't, don't mention anything to me on the stage. So that way right. you know, I can get a fill for it for when I go further up the line. I remember it was like the second time I went up there and shot one. And, and in fact, Alan was there too. It might've been that match, but we all squatted together and we were looking and we're like, okay, who's not suppressed? Who's uncivilized? And there, we had one person in the squad and we ended up like, I had a spare can, I think, or maybe Alan, we, but we were basically took his gun apart and put a can on it. So the entire squad was suppressed and it, you know, it was just a self-timing break and shit. So I was like, okay, knock that guy's break off. Who's got a can. All right. I think I got one. All right. Put that on there. We don't want to, yeah, you can't be in our squad if you're not suppressed. And we were all making suppressed rifles and stuff. So it, it was one of those kind of deals where everybody was like swapping gear to make everybody work. Yeah. That happens all the time. I have a, uh, you know, Anytime I go to a Wyco match, I bring a spare rifle that's for anyone to use. If the rifle goes down, I have um, an awesome loaner rifle. Also for the match, um, have a loaner rifle for any new shooter that wants to come shoot. Um, Tate Streeter was uh, awesome enough to give me one of his impact actions. And then Josh from PVA got me a barrel and a bunch of bullets. Um, Spur is linked up with Mile High. They want the Spur chassis to be the um, loaner rifle chassis. Um, Hawkins has some rings, Burris, you know, they're going to, I'm going to get one of those, uh, XTR pros, you know, mm -hmm. so shooter, these new shooters are going to have awesome gear to practice with. And, uh, I don't expect them to pay anything like they pay the match fee and I provide the ammo for it. I mean, that's the beauty. We always, like in class, I tell people, it's like, listen, go to three matches, like local matches, you know, one day or Go to three matches. Don't buy anything. Borrow it. Use all exactly. the different stuff and then see what you like. And in this case, you can even borrow a rifle. You know what I mean? Because I like, I mean, we, we shoot a bunch of six mils out here, but like with the wind, the six fives will tend to do a little better. I mean, you guys, I know even CPRCs pop in. Um, and, and guys will shoot those, the 6.5 PRCs and stuff, uh, just because the wind, you know. But it, it's just funny to see where the calibers go, where everybody's looking, because we're trying to not only get that range, because we do shoot farther. Um, you know, like the Pawnee match goes to 14 and change. And yep. so you, you got to be able to kind of get that distance but then you want to buck the wind and do all that. And sometimes the six mils are good on some days and not so good on other days, you know? No, totally. Um, might not believe it, but I'm actually uh, a big fan of the two, two, three. Um, as you know, we've chatted before, that's what the loaner rifle is, is shooting those 88s at like 2,800. Mm -hmm. And that, that match I was there with you and Chris, that, was the day I brought the two two three and I hit that fourteen seventy five twice. Yeah, you came in like third or something, didn't you? You were pretty high up that day. Um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was somewhere in there. Um, it was. I think that was the one I won. I, I oh, won you might have won it. Okay, last uh, year. Yeah, and then I've shot my RPR, the two two three RPR, and I came in top ten with a two two three in that match. I mean, I shot the Valkyrie when I was there with the slow load. In, in that, so yeah, I mean, it, it's totally doable to to be in that top 20, top 15 with a small caliber because you can make up your points in some of the close stuff and they give you enough rounds at the far ones. Like I know with the, with the Valkyrie, I held off and showed the guy the splash. Like, look, you're not going to see this. I'm going to shoot right here. And when you see the splash, then I'm going to move it to the plate. And, and I've done that, you know, and, and so, and, I, and I'm fine doing it. It's, it's, I picked the bad caliber that the guy can't see. So it's my job to basically walk him into my bullet, um, as a spotter, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's doable because of our elevation too. Those smaller flat yeah. calibers are zippy inside. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember your Valkyrie, I was spotting impacts pretty far, like you can, you got some good binos you can you can spot hits yeah you, you got to have people looking carefully but yeah that's where you're going to lose points too you know like 
the whole squad, like, ah, I didn't see any splash whatsoever. Well, was it an impact? Was it not? Right. Versus something, you know. Well, and that's where we came on. I know the uh, guy, I don't know their names, but I know they were there. Um, There was the two guys that were the, doing the 22s, the GTs. And yep. they were at over 3,000, and then that's where I moved my load to the 3,000. They didn't have a problem with their impacts. And they were doing the 22 GTs, and I know they're, like I said, they were like 3,100 or something in there. And that's when I got to talking with them a little bit and then talking with uh, Chris. And then I made sure when we juiced the load up and we started looking at splashes on my range, and the splashes are night and day compared to my 2750 to my 3025 now that 300 feet per second it, it's meaningful on the plate oh definitely it's it's one of those really underestimated cartridges like the 22 gt coming out like uh the way they're pushing those 90 grain a tips mm-hmm. i know some use the 95s like getting some serious speed like i know they're getting some pretty significant benefits from it yeah for sure and and i like Chris knew him because he shoots with everybody more often than I do. Uh, but he knew him and, and he made sure like we had some information from them before we left to, to kind of feel out what I was doing to help bring the Valkyrie along to match that 22 GT as best we could. Yeah, it's a, uh, the, the whole two, two, four game is uh, very underestimated and um, that's, one of the reasons I chose it for the loaner is bullets are super cheap. Yeah. If I only have to put 23 grains of 48.95 in it and uh, a bullet that's like almost 18 cents a piece with a super high BC, I mean, a new shooter is going to have a lot of fun. I have a ton of recoil. I'm, you know, this loaner rifle is going to have one of our, one of the Thunderbeast cans on it. So it's going to be quiet and low recoiling and mm-hmm. um, good ballistics. So they're, you know, they're going to have a blast. Um, I try to do like a train up the day before, like while I, you know, set up all the stages and I'll be like, Hey, we're going to shoot stages one, three, five, and seven. Are you um, guys announcing that on like the Facebook page? Um, I haven't. Where do you like, where would sh- you announce that you can come to a train up when you're setting up? Um, well, I'm, I mainly just leave it to the person that's using the loaner rifle. It's just kind of easier to like oh, get okay. him taught you. Um, but that's a good idea. I should probably put that on there. Like, hey, I haven't really, I've advertised there's a loaner rifle, but I haven't advertised. I kind of just, you know, personal message when we're chatting back and forth. Like, hey, this is the, you know, what you're going to be using. You come out the day before, you're going to get way more better use of your time on Saturday. Yeah, why not, you, right? If you can make it out. No, for sure, you for know? sure. I, like I said, you guys have been, I, I'm really, really impressed with what's been going on in the Wyco League and just everybody around here. And I know you guys jump into some of the Nebraska guys because I talk with Chad and those guys uh, at Rep J and Precision and uh, with McDaniel's and everybody. So I know, I know there's there's definitely communication that happens even out out to Nebraska because from Denver, those guys are only like three, four hours away too. Yeah, yeah, we get a lot of uh, Nebraska shooters. There's a group. I'm sure you've met him before the Eggers. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, Justin and his son who just destroys it. Um, and Trevor Evans, they always come out to, to my match, which is awesome. Um, I know there's um, some more stuff going on in, in Nebraska. Um, Sandstone rings the name. I think this guy, Derek is starting to do it. But he, you know, he's come to my match and I think it's just going to keep growing and growing. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. I mean, out out west isn't isn't short for anything. I mean, even the little weird stuff. I mean, it's it's weird in a way with the rules, but what Cameo's doing, they're doing like a monthly now that's got kind of strange rules. Um, but there, it's something else for more people. Yeah, there's, you know, if you if you're a new shooter, just like you know, Frank said, come come watch a few. Every new shooter that's been to my match, like when we're, we're Everyone's giving me tablets. I, I look down the line to see who else is shooting. And sure enough, it's some guy letting some new shooter like use use the prop. And he's like basically giving him a crash course for free using his rifle. Yeah, makes sense. So these new shooters are just expected to like, well, just go out and watch. Like, no, someone is going to let you use their rifle happily and like give you the complete rundown. Um, 
No, and that, and that's how it should be. I mean, and everybody's doing it and getting along. Like I said, it in in there really isn't any any kind of like score thieves out here or anything weird. You know, you don't have that one. We're missing that guy that's really coming in to try to you know take something out from under somebody because he has to do it. You know, there doesn't have any of those. I gotta beat you at all cost attitudes. Everybody's happy for everybody else, and and you don't see any of those. Like, I mean, even you would think like, oh, like way as much as he wins and the things he does, he's always playing around and laughing. And even when, if something goes wrong, he's cracking up about it for two weeks, you know, oh, I was doing really good until that broke. And, and then I lost and he laughed. It's like, dude, you were cleaning the stages until that happened. You, you didn't miss any targets. And then you came in, you know, eighth and you stopped shooting at like, you know, the eighth stage. Yeah. Y- you know what I mean? Yeah. I have, yeah. I, I have a rule about that that sometimes I mentioned in my safety brief is, uh, hey, if you guys bomb a stage, it is mandatory that you laugh right after you do it. Like once you're done, you got to laugh. You got to yeah. wash it off. Yeah. Yeah, totally. In the Guardian thing, we were all we were all doing it. We'd blow a stage and we'd go for the kids, you know. Oh, it's for the kids. And you just sit there and laugh like, oh, shit, I just tanked that stage. Well, that's for the kids. All right, Sam, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Go ahead, plug what you guys got going on. Give your websites. Let me know where people can find you what and, and how they can come out to any one of these matches. These guys have a good website. So um, if you do the uh, YCO Precision Rifle League, it'll come up. And it, it is just YCOPRL.com. But uh, let, Sam, hit me with whatever you got going on and what you need to plug for your stuff. Okay. Um, so if you guys are interested in shooting my match, which is in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, it's you know ten minutes off I twenty five. Super easy to get to if you're from Colorado. I'm a Colorado native myself. Um, it's really easy to get to. It's at Auto Road Shooting. Um, so tentatively, uh, it's for Saturday of every month. Um, I like to start early so we can get done early. Even when we have 60 plus shooters, you know, we finish before one. So that way you guys still have time to get back, have some family time. Um, it usually changes depending on whether it's seven to eight stages. I try to keep it around the 80 rounds. Um, uh, where to find info for my match um, is unfortunately on Facebook, but it's where I can get the news out better so it's called the cheyenne precision rifle hoedown um it'll also be on the wyco page um i put practice score up pretty commonly um i'll put stuff on my instagram page i know majority of kind of follow it's just dad the sam at dad the sam um feel free to ask me any questions i you know I'm more than happy to to help you out if you guys anything anything to go on with the match. Um, I keep the match fee. It, we're all keeping the same rate this year for forty bucks. Forty bucks. Um, yep. So it's just forty. Um, pretty simple. Um, all the other venues, we all do something different. Um, I've been wanting to add some like give back for money for the top class shooters, so that way like. You know, people are excited, like, oh, I can win some money. Like uh, the finale, I think each person won like 200 bucks each, the top A class, top B class, and top C class. Um, Pike's Peak is always bringing these like amazing donuts. Um, Laramie, the guy Gene and his uh, wife are, you know, cooking breakfast and stuff for everyone. Um, Same with Chris Davis at Rollins. He does the same thing. He cooks for everyone. yeah, just everyone does something kind of different to, to benefit all the shooters. Um, other plugs, I already mentioned, you know, the awesome guys we have that make us steals that I know you guys use for, you and Chris use for training. I use them from AA Targets and then uh, Chris from Target Hanging Solutions. Um, I gave a shout out to uh, Tate from Impact for getting us hooked up. The Mile High guys, Randy's been nothing but super helpful. Um, Josh from PVA, uh, Conrad from Burris and Sky, they've been nothing but awesome to our series, donating 
filling our prize table up to the max, you know, our prize table would, was just had more than some two days I've been to. It's just amazing at these companies that want to support the league. Um, I can't appreciate you guys enough. It's, it's super hard to, you know, give shout outs to everyone, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's all I got for last little plugs. Can you think of anything else that I was missing? Nah, good cruise, man. Every, all good people around here. And here's the thing. If you're coming out West, maybe your kid's going to go to see you or something, give an extra weekend and go shoot a match. Right. Cause the guys are right there. It's easy to go. If you're coming here for family stuff, carve out a day and go shoot one of these matches. You could send, you know, the wife to go walk up and down red rocks or something. And, you can shoot the match and by the time you come back, you're ready for dinner and good to go and you can experience it. It's definitely a destination out here and way worthwhile. Oh, totally. There's, you know, I'll be having a match that'll be around the frontier days that's in Cheyenne, the biggest, you know, rodeo. There you go. Um, so I'm really excited for that. I'm planning on making that one extra special. Um, since I know there will be some out of towners wanting to come shoot a match and then, you know, go to, go see the rodeo. They are frontier days is huge up here. So, um, no, yeah, that's, I think that's all I got. Perfect, man. Um, we're going to wrap it up. Just stay on the line a second, Sam. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for the Wyco guys. Like I said, they do a great job and they let me use a fake name when I want to use a fake name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's always good. And, 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 you know, share that, go on the Podbean app, comment, go into Sniper's Hide, everything's going there. The live streams got up and working. I had a little hiccup with it, but we got that live stream getting ready to drop and we'll be talking to you soon. Sam, I appreciate everything you guys do. And like I said, stay on the line and we'll be talking to you soon. Cheers, guys. Cool. Thank you.